your source for all things Texas Tech. This is the Ask Level Podcast from Double T 97.3. Hey, what's going on? Welcome into another episode of the Ask Level Podcast with Chris Level. I'm Choice Woodman. Thanks once again to our friends at Cantex Roofing and Construction for sponsoring this podcast. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Chris, how you doing, man? It's been a it's been a busy week slash weekend, but pretty good one in these parts. Yeah, uh, it, it has been a couple of a uh, couple of home wins uh, Saturday, Monday for uh, Grant McCaslin's guys. Uh, Pat Mahomes wins his third Super Bowl, and uh, yeah, everything coming up Red Raider right now, man. It seems I, like I like that. It's it's uh, been been pretty fun. Uh, yeah, it is kind of a busy week for for sports. The baseball crossover starts this week. You got got that coming up towards the end. Men, remember, depending when you're listening to this, Valentine's is this week, so you may want to <laughs> may want to take care of that around all the sports. But it is, uh, I mean, that that's uh, what we saw on Monday night against the Kansas Jayhawks. You don't get many of those. Uh, you got to cherish that as much as possible because that just doesn't happen, regardless of opponent in the Big 12. That doesn't happen against anybody, but especially against the Jayhawks. I say that you had one, I believe, in 2019 that was a 29-point victory against Kansas. But most every night in the Big 12, Chris, and you can attest to this as much as anybody, is a a grind where your blood pressure is through the roof uh, and you just don't know what's going to happen. Texas Tech, from start to finish, for the most part, uh, went out and just took control and – and uh Man, what a what a fun game to be a part of. Yeah, that was the uh that was the worst loss by Kansas basketball in 74 years against an unranked opponent. Wow. I mean, yeah, as far as I mean, maybe uh, that, that maybe that opponent shouldn't have been unranked, but uh but, but that's, you know, but it wasn't yeah. uh and and so that that's what goes down in the history books. Wow. Uh Bill Self's first ever ejection uh, as uh, the head coach of Kansas uh, in a Hall of Fame career. The only other time he'd been ejected was as the head coach at for uh, Tulsa uh, in Laramie, Wyoming. And I believe uh, I believe he told the official, or the official said, "Hey, I'm standing right next to you. You don't have to yell at me." And I think Bill Self said like something to the effect of, uh, "I'll." I'll I'll yell at you if I want. And then that, that was it, but that a true story. Uh, and, uh, that he told that story, uh, but, uh, and then you saw as close to a perfect game for, uh, a Hooper as you'll ever see from Darion Williams. Crazy. And that was also historic, uh, not just in Texas tech, but really, I think in the sport, um, I think yeah. it was maybe the first time ever, did anybody had scored 30 plus with double digit rebounds and not missed a field goal? That's so, wild. I mean, yeah. And you, you win by 29 points and his plus minus was 29. So it, it was just, uh, and his work on the defensive end was stellar too. It was just one of those, 
in the moment nights to where he just kind of was feeling it and it, but it, it wasn't forced. Um, it was all within the confines of the game. Yeah. Um, he took tough shots, uh, and, and just, he never missed. Um, it was just, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. You could tell by the look on his face, he was kind of <laughs> just, he was feeling it. I mean, he, he's yeah. like, I can't believe myself right now. And well, it's and like, was, remember Michael Jordan in the finals years and years yeah. ago when he kind of hits, hits, yeah, and he kind of shrugs like, shrugs, hey, man, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kinda like saw one of those that. nights. Yeah, I mean, you, you saw that. one like kind of duck off the back of the rim and fall through. You you got to have some luck to go perfect. But the I mean, just just the zone that he was in was was unreal. And that was that was a blast to watch as well. Uh, and and I, I think there has been a, uh, a common denominator in a lot of your wins in Big 12 play. You've had a guy just step up. Whether it's it's been Pop Isaacs or or Chance McMillan at OU or Kerwin Walton, you you've had someone kind of go off in a game almost every time. And I think the difference in this team and some of your teams in recent history is is that you've got so many different guys that have that ability to go off in a single game, and that's such a luxury for for Grant McCaslin to have. Yeah, you know, and 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 Joe Toussaint early on in the season, he'd had he had some yeah. twenty plus point games. Yeah, uh, you, you're talking about you know Pop and and you know who had what 30, 32 versus what was it BYU? Yes. Yeah. Um, I you know, and obviously Chance McMillan has done this versus Butler. Um, he does he did this versus uh, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. where he got in the twenty six or twenty seven point uh, range and kind of carried you a little bit. Yeah. But I wouldn't have guessed that D5 was necessarily capable of this. Uh, that's what they call him in, in the words sure. number five and, and all that. But uh, I wouldn't have – and, and I, I would have said that, that this isn't wasn't in his bag of tricks, and it's simply because he's – you don't ask him to score a ton. Yeah. And, and he's so good at so many other things. But he's, you know, this is back-to-back double-doubles for him. I mean, you know, UCF and, and now uh, Kansas, back-to-back double-doubles. But, it, yeah, it's just uh, – and he's he's kind of a, an under-the-radar personality. He just kind of blends in. He's just a good team player, and that's why it's fun for – it was really fun to watch him have a night like this because he wasn't – he didn't show up like trying to score 30 or feeling like he had to carry it or, you know, whatever it may be, but it just kind of happened. And that was the, that was the innocence of it, but you know, sports, right. I mean, you just (laughs) never know what you're going to get every night out. And uh, he's definitely, you know, put himself on the, on on other teams scouting reports in a different way going forward. Yeah. It's, it's, and the, the fact that he's a sophomore is very, uh, very nice to see too. You've got this guy for, for a while or hope to. He sure uh, seems like an old sophomore too. I would agree with that. He yeah. he's very uh, mature. He's very uh, old beyond his. I know it's hard to it's hard to explain it, but yeah, he's he's like an old soul mm-hmm. with a kind of a well rounded game. But yeah, man, you you're you're going to benefit from him for years to come, thankfully, uh, because. Geez, man. I mean, you know, he's just kind of starting to grab or, or scratch the surface on like really what 
what he can do, but I just, I've always just loved how many different ways he can help his team or beat you Yeah, as a facilitator, as a rebounder. And then obviously against Kansas, it was, it was as a scorer, but dude, I mean, you know, I mean, and to beat Kansas like that, I don't care whether they were without McCullough or not, you were without Warren Washington for, for bits and pieces, but um, yeah, I just, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to get, blowout wins in this league you just it rarely happens but Kansas's worst loss to this point in the season they'd only lost five times but it was in the non-conference against Marquette they lost by 14 but their other road conference losses were by an average of five points a game right you know they lost to Central Florida to Kansas State to Iowa State and West Virginia and there's a couple of five point losses, a six point loss, and a four point loss, but it 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 basically equals like a very close games. And then, boy, not not this night. Uh, th- this night was all about Texas Tech. Really, from behind, you know, from the the you beat them perimeter, you know, on the perimeter in the first half. In the second half, you hammered them in the paint. Uh, so, and then I think you just crushed them on the glass, which is a, also a very positive. You know, it's the second game in a row you've you've really out-rebounded the opposition. And this is something you really, really had been struggling with. And all of a sudden, you've kind of flipped it. It's two teams that really rebound the ball well. I mean, that's the – Hunter Dickinson is the leading rebounder in the conference at uh, at 11 or 12 a game. And he ends up with, uh, I think, four below his average. Yeah, I think that's where – the, the two biggest takeaways I had from the game, obviously outside of Darian, Darian Williams is, is what you did on the glass, uh, which was what you needed to do, but also what you did to Hunter Dickinson defensively. I mean, you take their best player left after McCullough's gone uh, out of his elements and, and you really Warren Washington bodied him up several times, didn't give him many good looks. I thought, and I know Coach McCaslin spoke to to the defensive game plan that his uh, assistants put in and, and kind of gave some credit there. Um, but you really never let him get many touches close to the basket. And that's where he wants to be. Uh, he, he seemed frustrated the whole night, and that, that kind of set the tone for the rest of the the Kansas offense. Well, he won't ever forget the night he was in Lubbock, Texas. That's for sure. Um, it's a pretty good career for uh, what is more than likely, you know, at this point to be a first team All Big 12 player. But yeah, this was one of the worst games he's had all season. Yeah, you, you hold him to two of 12 from the field. Yeah. Just kept pushing him off of the spot, not letting him catch it where he wanted. Uh, the double team, you know, because what they do is they get the ball reversed and then they they play the leverage and he's got somebody sealed maybe on on the high side of him they dump the ball in and he's seven foot two and he just but yeah. you 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 wouldn't let him catch it there or the help was right there or you're you know you're pressuring the feeder and so uh, you know the 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 pass isn't really you know able to be, you know, thrown on target and, and just all kinds of things that I think really went into defending him. And KJ Adams was the same. Yeah. KJ Adams has really bailed Kansas out many, many nights. And, yeah. you know, he's taken, he's takes, he takes a lot of five to seven footers on most nights, but, you know, against Texas tech, it was a lot of 10 to 12 footers and those are different. Um, 
and you just wouldn't let him, you know, catch it or, or shoot it where he wanted to, or where he was comfortable. And yeah, I mean, a combined, what, three of 23 from those two guys, yeah. you know, and that's two of their top four leading scorers right there. And, you know, and, and obviously Kevin McCuller not playing affects it, but they'd won some games without McCuller playing. And, you know, uh, I, yeah, I don't, I mean, you know, you had to go to Baylor without Warren and, and you played, you know, much of the night without Warren and, and, you know, against Kansas. And so, you know, I don't, I just don't, I don't have any sympathy for anybody and nobody's going to feel sorry for you. If something is in fact wrong with Warren, you know, it's just, that's just part of the league, man. Part of the game of attrition, part of uh, trying yeah. to, you know, be, have some depth to your, your team and all those things. But yeah, it was a big win. And I think it, it rose your net ranking by 12 spots. Yeah. I think you went from like 38 to 26 in the net. I believe you're correct. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you moved up like in the Ken Palm rankings quite a bit. I mean, it's just 17, I think in the Ken Palm. Yeah. Yeah. These are, this was just a win that in some ways on paper, it counts for more than just one, if that makes sense uh, with this, how good of Kansas's resume is, but um, and it's not the same Kansas team that, that we're used to seeing they they were again thinner but i don't you know, i mean that's still kansas they've got i mean you know uh they've got uh mcdonald's all americans sitting over there they're just not quite ready and all that uh but anyway it's uh pretty fascinating stuff man but yeah uh, that was that was a big one yeah tech moves from 38 uh prior to the game in the net ranking to 26 which is huge with huge with that quad one win. You'll have another quad one game coming up this this coming weekend. Before we get into that matchup, um, we'll start with the first question from Leah. She asks, "How is Warren Washington's foot?" Good question. Um, you know, last when I talked to Grant after the game on Monday night, there wasn't any updated status there. I think there's some concern. You know, I'm sure x-rays are being done probably, you know, uh, in the in the hours after that game or or the next day, uh, you know, don't have an update there. Grant probably won't visit with the media until, you know, the day before you leave for Ames, Iowa. And so you may not get an update until then, uh, but you just fingers crossed because I'm, yeah. I'm fearful that there's a there's an injury there uh, and it may not be good, but you just don't know. So I'm going to, you know, fingers crossed that it's, it's no big deal, yeah. but he tried to play through it. Couldn't. Uh, and, and just, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we uh, see it with big man a lot, big men and foot, foot problems. It's unfortunately, I'm hoping that's not it, but uh, we'll see. But I do think the, the minutes that Robert Jennings has gotten in recent games, is vital because you may have to lean on him a little bit more. And, and I don't know, was that, was that a season high in minutes last night? I think he had 19 and a half minutes, uh, which is, was a large amount think, for him. Well, and I think he may have played more in Waco. Uh, okay. He battled some foul trouble in Waco. Um, yeah. His biggest deal is, is that you're, you are, you're seeing some development here. Um, but yeah, but he, yeah, he ended up, I was about to say he ended up last night with four personal fouls too. Yeah. Uh, he, he just, he's undersized compared to what you're asking him to do because he's kind of playing the four of the five, but he's yep. going against, I mean, he's six, 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 seven, and he's going against like seven twos and seven foots. And 
And it's just, he's having to fight scratch and claw uh, for everything he can get. And it's hard for him to finish on the offensive end just because of the, of the length issue. And then it's hard for him to defend at times just because he's just uh, a bit physically overmatched, but it's not for lack of effort. I mean, and he is starting to play better and get, get some more confidence and you can see it. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, and he, he may in fact be asked to do quite a bit more here if something, you know, happened to Warren and Warren can't play or can't play as much or whatever the case may be. And then that's when it, you enter into the Karen Lindsay and, uh, Emily Yalaho conversation too. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so looking ahead, kind of wrapping up the, the KU game, looking ahead, this is probably the toughest game going to Ames, Iowa, this, this, uh, coming weekend, Probably the toughest game you have left on your schedule. Who knows? Maybe the the toughest game outside of your road trip to Houston on your entire Big Big Twelve schedule. Tough place to play, and this is one of the top right now top two teams in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be maybe uh, any tougher than going to Houston, but it's right yeah. there. And I think to your point, uh, th- this is like the environment though will be much tougher than Houston just because there's it's hostile and it's full and they're really good. Uh, but you know, and it's, it's interesting to note that these are the two teams at the top of the big 12 standings we're talking about. And neither yeah. one of them is lost at home. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe you catch a bit of a break because it's an 11 AM game. Maybe you know, it's a bit earlier. I don't know. Maybe that's me grasping at straws, but yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're going to have to deal with a handful on Saturday morning. Uh, they, they are, uh, like like Houston, they are phenomenal on defense on most nights. Uh, they cause a lot of problems. They don't let you get to where you want to go and, and all those things. Uh, yeah. And it's just uh, – it's going to be tough, uh, especially if uh, if your big fella can't can't come along for the ride. But we'll, like I said, we'll see. But, yeah, I don't disagree with you from a th- – this is like – as far as generally speaking, it's, it's either – Fog Allen Fieldhouse or or Hilton Coliseum that are one and one A as far as toughest places to play in the league on the road. Um, and now, granted, you you won a Big Twelve championship uh, on that floor uh, back True. in 2019, but there's just not been much success otherwise. Yeah, uh, I think if you remember last year, well, like two was it two years ago? You went up there with like six people. Okay. I think it was you last like, year, wasn't it? No, like like two years ago, you had some COVID issues. Okay, and you you literally had like six healthy bodies, and I thought you you tooth and nail, man. You you like lost a close one. Okay, KJ Allen played a ton, um, and you know you fought them last year. I think you got I want to say it was something like an eighty four to fifty got smoked tie yeah. final, and you just got you got ran out of the building. I think you had everybody available, but you just got yeah, yeah. you you got worked. Yep. Um, so it, it was uh, it was tough uh, to watch. It was an early early to mid January, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. And you were in a tailspin, uh, starting out the conference season zero and eight. But uh, yeah, you've got a better team this year and a connected team and and all that. But I don't know if you have a healthy team. We'll see. Yeah, going to be uh, obviously a really really tough trip. And now uh, this this question uh, comes in from Matt, talking bigger picture. Do is Texas Tech truly a Big Twelve title contender right now, or do you consider them more of just a team that's that's trying to get to the tournament? 
it's probably closer to team trying to get into the tournament than title contender and and the title contender conversation yeah you're in the mix but you, you know it, it, you don't have much margin for error at all okay like as yeah. far as the win loss column uh, if if you you know if you were to go like pull off like a the win at Iowa State because to be able to 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 do this you're going to have to continue to mix in some wins on the road. Um, obviously, you've gone to Fort Worth and in Waco recently, didn't get those done. You do have wins over Texas and Oklahoma. It's probably going to take winning the rest of your home games and then a couple of more, you know, road wins. And, you know, and again, there's some ones out there. You know, you've, you've got trips to Stillwater. You've got a trip to Morgantown. You've got a trip to Orlando. On paper, those are all winnable games. But again, you know, West Virginia is like Jekyll and Hyde. They they are beating the the who's who of the league at home, and then they just get destroyed on the road. So it's not like it's going to be easy going to to Morgantown. And then Central Florida is kind of the same. And they've beaten Kansas at home. They've beaten Texas. I mean, excuse me, Oklahoma at home. Yeah. They go on the road and and don't fare as well. It's just hard to win win on the road. And then you know with with Oklahoma State. So you know, but if you can do that, then I would say yeah, you can you can work your way in. But again, you're going to have to hope that teams like Houston and and uh, Iowa State kind of come back to the pack a bit. They're ahead yeah. of you in the standings by like a game, game and a half, depending on when you look at the standings. But, you know, Houston's got a head-to-head over you. And depending on what your, your game result is on Saturday in Ames. The total wins, if you're, if you're having to break out your crystal ball, total wins – for the Big 12 champion this year will be 12, 13. What's, what's it look like? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say that I, I bet somebody gets to a 13 and five. Okay. Um, I, I think, I think right now uh, the, let's see here, just so I'm clear. Everybody's got at least three losses in Big 12 play right now. Yeah, I, I, yeah, cause see, Houston and Iowa State each have three. That's where I was just trying to make sure I clarify. I bet, uh, I bet one of those te- teams has a, you know, manages to to only accumulate five losses, and I bet that's what wins it. I bet thirteen and five is what I'm going to go with, and maybe there's a tie. You know, there's a big, uh, that's a big game. I think it's like next Monday or Tuesday. Uh, when Iowa State goes to Houston, I think that's the only time that they play. It's at six o'clock on ESPNU, which it could be for first okay. place. Yeah. Uh, but you know, but that that'll be a big, big result uh, yeah, there yeah. as far as the conference race goes. Yeah, no question. That one will be uh, rather large. Um, okay, so moving on. Well, not quite moving on from basketball. This one, this question is from Frank. It says, "Did we have any basketball or football recruits at the KU game?" Yeah, there were several uh, basketball prospects there, uh, three or four of them. Uh, I don't, you know, won't get into who, uh, but yeah, there was definitely some some visitors there that that saw that there was some. I think you had a few different players there from a basketball standpoint there on Saturday for the uh, um, the the Central Florida game. So yeah, they were they were very strategic in trying to get some folks on campus for unofficial visits uh, to to those environments. And I, you know, it's hard to envision a better, yeah. um, 
a better environment or a better put your foot forward type scenario for the program in general sure. when you beat Kansas by 29 points in front of that kind of crowd and audience and and, and all those things. So uh, I would say that you know, if you're Texas Tech basketball, you're like, ooh, we guessed right. Because, I mean, you know, you bring kids in, football, basketball, or any games, you don't know, you know, it's it's like you want them to see all, all that comes with being a player here. But, you know, you, you obviously want to play well and let them see what it's all about. And a lot of times, you know, those games don't go your way, you know, but uh, it just so happened that this one certainly did. Yeah, that one <laughs> definitely went your way and, and some good there. I think and I read, some. and then some. I think I read that the number one basketball player in the state of Texas may have been in last night so that's that's pretty good to have that yeah and and I think we, well it depends on what ranking you're looking at but you're talking about I think Kingston Fleming's uh yeah. who's a, a 2025 prospect he's certainly a top target for uh the Red Raiders he may not be number one according to the services I don't know you know yeah. where he ranks necessarily he's a top player in the country state you know whatever but it yeah. may be the eye of the beholder he may be more sure. higher ranked in Texas than he is another program but yeah he I think it's uh, uh, that that certainly doesn't hurt you whenever somebody like that is is uh, on your campus and in front of that crowd and and result. Not too bad for sure. Uh, got uh, well before I get to Nick. Nick has Nick in Portland has a really random question. We'll finish with that one. But um, there is one question on Patrick Mahomes. This one uh, from Sharon says: Is Patrick Mahomes? inarguably a top three quarterback of all time in the NFL after the Super Bowl win. I think, I think most people are going to say yes uh, right now. And, and and the the reason, the reason is, is because, you know, he's not anywhere near done with the end of his career. Okay. He's still got, you know, he may be just halfway through, yeah. uh, you know, what, what he can do here. I mean, he's still 28, 28 years old. Yeah. Um, he's, he's six for six on division titles. It's crazy. He's six for six on AFC title game appearances. Uh, this was his fourth Super Bowl, three time winner. And, and so I think with that, like it's so much more than what Brady accomplished, uh, at this stage of their career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Aikman won three out of four four years uh, back in the early nineties with the Cowboys, you know, you know what Montana did and, you know, some of these, you know, but that's the thing is like the quarterback in the NFL is, is largely judged off of, you know, the Super Bowl wins. And I think he is certainly, it's pretty fascinating that he's in that conversation at 28 years old. It just really tells you kind of what he's been able to do. And I know I've said this before, but like I get that Andy Andy Reid is going to get some credit here, and people are going to give credit to his tight end and yeah. maybe an improved defense and all that. But no, that this this is I mean, Pat Mahomes deserves a tremendous amount, if not most of the credit for what goes on here, because there's just some things that happen here. And like in the in this past Super Bowl, yeah. I think Kansas City special teams were were a huge difference. Their kicker their ability to recover a muffed punt, their ability to block an extra point. I mean, the special teams was massive in the Super Bowl, but it, it's it's Mahomes that can make 
make all that all those dreams come true when you give him the ball with a chance to tie or win it in the end of regulation and then again in overtime because he tied it once and then he wins it the next time he gets it but it's just like there's no sh- more sure thing in, in all the sports than pat mahomes with the ball at the end of a game i mean think about it i mean i don't know what else yeah. i would put on the line than that but it, it almost feels like a guarantee and i don't even care and he's not perfect there, there's he's not like just perfect but i mean i'm not sure there's another thing i would be willing to bet on that's more sure than that uh regardless of opponent setting weather um cast around him he just kind of figures it out and and it's just it's pretty fascinating to to, to watch him kind of do his thing at 28 years old face of the league uh one of the most powerful you know sports leagues that there is maybe the english premier league is the only one that eclipses it as far as worldwide popularity but uh, he is the face of it and really that there's no sign of that changing anytime soon yeah and and with the super bowl in particular you just see him um continue to flourish and that's what's that's what's crazy you you see so many of these guys we've seen good seasons out of individuals and Lamar Jackson's done it a couple of times uh, but he doesn't get it done in the playoffs Cam Newton had a phenomenal season but but the consistency that he's done it at at this point in his career is what's what's so amazing uh, I think to me and to everyone else um and and this was the this was the year I mean his top receiver was a rookie yeah um, you know, I mean, their best defensive player held out for the first month or so of the season. Yep. Um, there was, uh, there was a lot of, uh, you know, drama with the team and distraction. <laughs> I think that's fair. Uh, there was, there was some frustration. There was a lot of thought process that, uh, this was the year that you could get them. I mean, even as recently as Christmas, yeah, where it just wasn't really going well, and it felt like much more of a grind uh, this year to where they were really having to work a lot harder. And you didn't get a first round bye in the playoffs. You had to go to Buffalo. You had to go yeah. to Baltimore. Yeah, and yet you you still the 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 result remains the same. So it's like, geez, man, if you don't get them this year, like when when he you know when is it going to happen? You know, I mean, so. Quite frankly, it's it's the Michael Jordan effect so far. Now, he's not Jordan level just yet, but the halfway point where Jordan had three championships, you've got a lot of talent elsewhere in the NFL. I mean, uh, it, Kyle Shanahan has got to be banging his head against a wall because, you know, he's had some very talented teams that could have won Super Bowls, and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen – Guys that are very Super Bowl capable, but there's the MJ effect of, of Patrick Mahomes that's standing the way. They're just not able to get through him. And that's what's – I mean, you lived through the 90s and, and saw that firsthand with, with Michael Jordan. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I'll say this too. Uh, Brock Purdy is is got – he's going to have some Texas Tech nightmares because uh, if you remember <laughs> – uh what what was it is it 2020 or 21 that's when garibay pops the 62 yarder to win it um and then he sees the he sees the tech grad and pat mahomes uh 21 yeah yeah and and the super bowl here in in 24 and uh but uh yeah i I thought about (laughs) that uh thought about that too but 
Yeah. All right. Uh, quick question from Nick in Portland to to close it down. And he says, random question. Back in 2001, for one season, Tech Football wore the big-time apparel uniforms. Why did that partnership end so quickly? Yeah, it was it just for one year, I guess? It I, was I, just the one year because I think you went from, I believe it was Nike in 2000 and then back to Nike in 2002. I okay, believe that then, was the case. And then Under Armour after that, I guess, yeah. in a long-term Short, agreement. Yeah. I mean, the 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 big time deal was, and it was spelled T Y M E with the little Gumby man. Yeah, you know, it looked the, like the the, the singular wireless thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. This like. was um, this was a company that I believe um, I think he was special teams coordinator at the time. Manny Matsakis was on Mike's staff, and I think he was involved with this company. And I think it was just like, you know, hey, we don't have anything better. Let's do this. And so somehow there was a, an agreement in place, um, you know, to to, you know, sponsor uh, the team and, 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 you know, that be the apparel. You know, this was before the the apparel contracts that we see now where it was, you know, department wide and every every program was kind of on their own and just trying to outfit it you know with what you know whatever and so uh i i think that was a it, it was a smaller company that i don't know was really ready to be to be built for you know competing in this space so it was short-lived and i think manny matsakis wasn't on staff for too much longer after that and so at that point it was like okay we don't really have a reason to yeah so no but that was the direct that that was the the, the relationship and the and the the correlation between big time and Texas Tech even coming together was, I believe, Manny Matsakis related. So, um, yeah, he was the he was a special teams coach that would uh, he had the wireless mic, and yeah. he 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 had like a nickname for every every unit. Uh, like one was called the Bravos, one was called the Sharks, one was called the so it was like Bravo. He'd walk around with like that that little Janet Jackson or Justin Timberlake, like, you know, microphone headset, uh, out there at special teams. And he's, you know, it was a fascinating guy. Uh, I, I will say that, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's the reason why I think just one year, just because it wasn't really built for the long-term sustainability in that space. You are an encyclopedia of Texas technology, Chris level. That was <laughs> impressive. You had that, had that tucked away. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Well, level. Uh, that'll do it for us. So uh, let's let's have a happy happy show next time around. You go go up to Ames, do your part, get a get a dub if you can. But yeah, just don't freeze. That's that's what the the goal is. Try not to freeze while you're. Out. I will. I will try. Luckily, it's an 11 a.m. game, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see what we can do. But it's going to be very very difficult. But hey, man, we'll see. Uh, you, you'll just uh you know roll your sleeves up and, and hopefully everything's okay with warren that's the that's the biggest concern not the result yeah. on saturday it's just uh warren's you know status and and all that so we'll see what we get but uh appreciate it uh thank you to cantex roofing uh for being a part of this one we certainly appreciate that thank you uh choice and uh yeah man uh the sports continue uh so we'll yeah. uh we'll talk about it uh more next week i guess for sure Happy uh, opening baseball week to everybody out there as well. That's right. Enjoy that. For Chris Lovell, I'm Choice Woodman. You've been tuned in to the Ask Lovell Podcast, brought to you by Double T 97.3. You've been listening to the Ask Lovell Podcast, powered by Double T 97.3.